What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to episode 165 of the Tales from the Hard Side podcast. Today's podcast is the three-year anniversary show. Mr. Rock started the podcast on April 20, 2012. He wants to thank you for listening. Please go to GoFundMe.com and donate to the podcast. Mr. Rock needs new equipment. Go rate, review, and subscribe. Today's guest is Drew Sample, host of the Sample Hour podcast. He's a bad SOB. Please call the voicemail and leave a message. Call 937-265-2024. Call 937-265-2024. Uh-oh. Here comes trouble. Hey, what's up? This is Tom Segura. You're listening to Izzy Rock on the Tales from the Hard Side podcast. Hey, this is Brendan Walsh, and you're listening to Izzy Rock on Tales from the Hard Side. I'm here with my man Izzy motherfucking Rock, so pay attention. Talk to you by Mad Flavor. So, check yourself before you wreck yourself. yourself, yourself. These are tales from the hard side, painted so vivid. Kicking real life stories, not woven or knitted. Izzy Rock brings that rawness to all who listen. Dropping heavy knowledge, knowledge, and sharing some wisdom. Going down that rough road only makes you tougher. It's a beautiful struggle, sometimes we suffer. Let the people know you aren't in this alone. This talk is deep, it cuts down to the bone. No fakeness here, this as real as it gets. Hazardous on the mic, kick it live and direct. Spread that vibe everywhere, all across the globe. The idea's real simple there's no secret code reach out to the people spread that positive energy because we're all looking for a little bit of serenity whatever little part of this planet you live in these tales from the hard side are now transmitting transmitting today's track is from dayton band god bless and asha jones here's give it to him Just for the fame, you probably lack substance. I'm just stating facts, right? Stick with me, bitten on how shitty life is. Nothing political, I'm just speaking in general. 
turns. Now as this world turns, learn. Keep playing with these fires and you bound to get scorched. I'm living life now, kind of like my rhyme schemes. I'm off kilter, take a look at my past life. I'm out my right mind, a little off the left. You are now witness to the emergence of God bless. I ain't going nowhere. I just jumped off the top just to catch my thoughts. Starts a play, now insert the kid in. Well, here I am, so insert my lyrics. You can hold on the liquor, I'll insert my spirit. Intoxicated, I'll rap about my suicidal tendencies. Y'all only know what I show of me. I lost my best friend, hope she knows that I'm jealous. Doesn't know when she left, she took my soul to Cali with her. I miss my sister, most nights I miss my old life. Staring at the stage, which I can touch on this microphone. Now a day seems like this alter ego. God bless is slowly taking over. I'm hardly sober. Well, guys, uh, I want to welcome you to episode 165 of Tales from the Hard Side. I think it's 165. I'm going by memory. I should have wrote that shit down. Very unprofessional <laughs> at this point. But I, my three-year episode this week, this is a three-year episode. It's not released on the exact date. The date was actually yesterday. When this is released, it's April 21st, 2014. Yesterday was April 20th, and in 2012... I decided to release a podcast called Tales from the Hard Side that morphed into this thing that I never knew it could be or like the places it's taken me. But one of the people early on that I met and that became a good friend of mine was a dude named Drew Sample, who at the time we met through the Death Squad uh, friends and family, these people that would go meet up at these comedy shows and then maybe sometimes we would go afterwards and hang out as friends and uh there was a whole group of people that quickly became friends and all these cool things spawned from that so if this is your first time listening drew is one of the like he came along pretty shortly after i did and i'd say currently is one of the best independent podcasters out there if you guys are not checking out the sample hour uh, go to thesamplehour.com. I'm telling you, you're missing out on some good content. So, Drew, I'm so glad to have you on for this three-year episode, brother. Well, thanks, man. I think that uh, introduction was way better than what I am, but I, I appreciate your kind words, Izzy Rock. But, uh, 
Again, for listeners that just heard Izzy say how great my podcast is, um, which is much appreciated, it would not be a podcast if Izzy Rock wouldn't have had the balls to start his own podcast. And me not seeing Izzy and being like, well, I'm no different than he is, so I can I could do this too. So the much love and appreciation for you, Izzy, because if you weren't uh, making your podcast happen early on, I, I wouldn't even have started one. So I really appreciate uh, Tales from the Hard Side, man. There's always going to be a, a part place in my heart and gratitude and uh, just to, just for um, – you know, just just for you doing what you do, man, because you got a great podcast yourself. And then you also have uh, the Gem City podcast, which is should be called Gem City with Izzy Rock. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I do not agree with that. I'm I'm I know you I'm in a group, man, where we're we're like. We're like the Avengers, like the people that Eric has pulled together, dude. I'm telling you, he's pulled together some personalities that as I sit back and I'm like, like these people are here to to help build this thing that we're all going to build together. And like the fact that he put me in charge of of the music, like I'm a lot, I, I can have anybody that I want on. I can be as creative as I want. Uh, we're booking Sideshow 10 which is May 8th and 9th. And uh, we're going to have a whole two days of podcasts where we're going to have a tent set up the Miami Valley music fest, which is in Troy in in, uh, I think July. Um, I don't have those dates in front of me and I'm actually usually use an iPad to record. I'm actually using my iPhone six plus to record today. So I can't look anything up. Um, So (laughs) Miami Valley music fest is another one that we're going to be at. And it's like this, um, amazing festival around this lake or pond and there's like 3200 people that show up there's all these all these bands um and it's a good environment i interviewed the guy who's in charge of that and there's just a lot of cool things happening from all that and i I appreciate being a part of uh of helping grow the dayton music scene dude all I remember is somebody was trying to tell me about live podcasts and I was like, man, I, I just don't think it's, I don't think it'll be a thing. And then I went <laughs> to your live podcast. So I was like, man, was I wrong on that one? That was cool. It's so hard. Like it's so hard to envision certain things. And when you get it rolling, man, when you finally get it going, like I, I went out yesterday to the record store day and uh, the Buffalo Killers, which is uh, one of my favorite bands, and uh, Kelly Dill of the Breeders has a new side project going on. Oh, and, get out of town! Yeah, dude. And they were playing at Omega Music uh, downtown, so I went downtown, and I had my recording equipment, but I didn't record anything because I, wa- yeah. I I really wanted to be in the moment. And sometimes that shit's awkward when you when you pull it out, and I'm I'm just yeah. getting to know. A bunch of people in the local scene i don't want to be too pushy yeah well yeah and it's also too i mean like look the podcast is a good networking tool um if uh if you were able to like meet them and then say hey i have a podcast maybe next time you're in town or maybe you're interested in a a, a skype interview you know that it'd be awesome for me because the nice thing is about artists is that they know that you're an independent guy yeah so they they know that you don't have an agenda that actually appreciate their art or you actually appreciate 
what uh, what they've been creating. So they're a lot more open to talking to you. Like that's that's been the fun thing for podcasting for me is it's like it's a it's a great networking tool, but it gives me an excuse to talk to people that I would kind of idolize in a sense um, because. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Because it's, it, you know, just for anything that like I was interested in or anything like that. And then it, and then like to, to take it one step beyond that was then it helped me realize that, you know, they're just human like I am and mm-hmm. that I, they're no different than me. They've just maybe been a little bit more famous or had more success. So it, you know, there's no reason to, to idolize them in a sense. I can appreciate their artwork, but I don't need to be nervous, which that took a little bit. It does it does take a little bit to get to get that away from you and I think when you're meeting somebody who you might listen to all the time it it might it's really hard to shake that until you're around them for a few days. Yeah. And um you Drew have been doing some cool stuff with you and you and Jason you've been going to Toronto to help out with these high on tree shows. Yeah. And the one recently that you did was with one of my favorite comedians uh dean del rey he has a great yeah. podcast called let there be talk and you actually i like i i saw that uh, you dropped the podcast yeah. where he was on it i'm like holy shit drew got dean del rey on his podcast and you so you were up in toronto you guys brought him in and um yeah. what, what's that experience what was that experience like bro that was pretty cool man that was uh so dean because we had a chance to hang out with dean before like you and i were talking to him and we both had a really good conversation with him but we didn't really know him. we both asked him a podcast and we didn't really know him at the time and then uh i when i met him in indianapolis i got a chance to take him to the airport just because he just wanted to get to the airport because it seemed i think i think he kind of saw um it, it just was it was just convenient at the time like uh the airport was really far away and i was sober and he kind of just wanted to get to the airport at the time and uh, was looking to to get a way back to the hotel to get there. And I was like, I can just take you to the airport, man. And luckily, because of our relationship with Red Band, um, like, you know, Red Band could be like, yeah, that's that's cool. Like, that guy's fine. You can, you can go with him. And uh, so, yeah, so I took him to the airport and we became and he was like, hit us up. Uh, I might be hit me up again. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to be back in Indy with Russell Peters and that didn't work out. And then, uh, Joe had said he wanted to book Dean Del Rey. So I just, uh, shot Dean an email, asked him, you know, what's the best way to go about booking him? And he said, just give me a call. And I said, well, my friend Joe's going to call you. We help him book these shows, but, uh, you know, it's, it's mainly, you know, Joe's, it's Joe's, Joe's thing. And then Joe booked him and, um, you know, I, I kind of helped him book a plane ticket because I can get, uh, I probably shouldn't talk about it, but I get pretty good deals through uh, through work. <laughs> so I booked him through my work deals. And so, uh, you know, I was able to kind of help Joe out there. And uh, so that's why Dean was giving me a hard time on his podcast about saying he, he got these middle seats. And there's I, I chose like end seats, but sometimes on these online things, they don't always stay. Like, yeah. especially if it's like a discount thing, but it was just funny. He was just giving me shit. <laughs> and then, uh, um, but yeah, so we, we hung out, man. It was a good time. And Dean is a, just a cool regular guy. Yeah. Like Dean is like a dude who's incredibly grateful for, you know, his opportunities he's had in comedy and, 
you know, he's, he's grateful for the fact that like he's been able to start a, a different career and a different art form um, after being on the road for 25 years of music. And now, you know, his comedy career has taken off. And um, I think he, Bill Burr's producing a special on Netflix. That's crazy. So, yeah, man. And the crazier thing is, too, like what I, I don't know if you've noticed this, but when comics get a special on Netflix, like they seems like they blow the fuck up. Like they because there's like that Netflix audience that doesn't really watch TV, but they still spend money. And because uh, like I know when Tom Segura had his Netflix special, like he when he went to Funny Bone, man, and all of his shows, I think most of the shows sold out. Uh, Burt Kreischer last time he was at Columbus Funny Bone, every single show sold out. Wow. Like Thursday through Sunday. He doesn't have a Netflix special, but it's just like, you know, just these comics that we like, you know, they're not, uh, they're blowing up. But something cool Dean was saying was like, he was talking about hipsters and hipsters like cool shit. Like, you know, he's like, you know, people like to hate on hipsters, but they like cool shit. They're good for areas because they, they want cool shit to come or they want cool shit around them. And, I definitely got what he said. And um, if you look on uh, 4chan's Encyclopedia Dramatica, we definitely classify as a form of a hipster, but I don't remember <laughs> which one. Dude, I, I realized long ago when I started seeing how they mocked hipsters because for, forever, dude, I didn't know any hipsters. I didn't go to see local shows yeah. before I started a podcast. I just enjoyed a certain look. And then all of a sudden I started going out. And I started seeing many people that look just like me. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it, yeah, like, fuck you, hipsters growing out your beards. All the, like your beard. ironic tattoos. I got a Captain yeah. America shield piercing into my skin. That's not <laughs> ironic. Come on, man. So yeah. so I think you're right, man. Like even even where I am, you see, like you see there they come in and they want to hang out together. They want to like they're like, oh, you kind of look like me. It's like people who enjoy um, like if you, if you go golfing or if you, you play disc golf or if you like play basketball and you go someplace and you know, okay, I can play a, a, a pickup game of basketball with this person, or I can talk about basketball. I like, if you have an interest that you're into and you see certain people that you're like, that's part of my tribe, you know, yeah. it's, it's like how I feel when I go hang around you guys, or I go to a comedy show. Like, if I know people are into a certain style of comedy, I know you're going to be all right. You yeah. know, like, you're not going to sit here and be overly judgmental about the things that I say or the things I enjoy. Yeah. Or the interest that I have. And in fact, you might, a lot of the things that I enjoy might bleed into what you enjoy. And you might have other interests that you're like, hey, check this out. And it spawns this whole network of people that are like, doing podcasts, doing podcast yeah. networks, um, doing comedy shows. And then now you're interacting with the comedians that we've listened to that kind of people f that work in regular nine to five jobs or non or third shift jobs. They look at these comedians and they listen to them and they listen to their podcasts and you really get to know people and you don't have a chance to like have a two way conversation. So you're not able to share who you are with them. And so I think for people who are willing to put themselves out there and if, if you feel like, like you want to do something like podcast or like YouTube and you, and there's a lot of people who do, there's a lot of people who think that their, their voice is important enough to, to, to put out there or that maybe I can 
put something creative enough or I have enough stories or I can talk to people in a way that they'll make the, sto- the podcast interesting. I think that you're seeing now a whole wave of people who have networked together, whether it's hipsters or whether it's just like the, the, dudes, the dudes that I went to the, that we went to the shop with that you did a podcast with. Like that's a whole yeah, network yeah. of people, a shoe community, a fashion community, but also a hip hop community that I, I never knew really existed on the level it does. Yeah, I didn't either. Honestly, I, I remember when I first met Jason and he was talking all about shoes. Like I was like, oh, that's that's cool, dude. That's cool that you're into that. But he was like saying how much money it was worth and how much money. Like the resale sneaker market hit like a billion dollars last year. Wow. I mean, like a billion dollars exchanged hands reselling sneakers, and a lot of people are asleep to that. Like I'm really interested in um, business. Uh, and I don't, and I don't want to say that, like, because there's a lot of people that say they're interested in business and they have no idea about business. Mainly white yuppie Republicans that uh, I know that are my family. No, I'm just teasing. But, um, <laughs> but like, there, there are a lot of people. Like, I remember people used to say, like, "Oh, I'm a Republican because I'm, I'm interested in, in business." And I was just like, "Man, that doesn't even make sense." Like, and this was like kind of a, and I don't want to make it a political thing. But uh, just you hear people say that. And so I think uh, so I just call them like fake Republicans because they're not they're not the, the Koch brothers or anything like that, like the really wealthy people. But anyways, to get focused back on something, uh, the, we, the topic at hand, um, I'm really interested in like entrepreneurship and business and learning skills that actually help people um, in the real world, like in the economy and how they can you know, use tools to pull themselves up by their bootstraps, uh, like negotiating and sales and marketing and stuff like that. And, uh, just stuff that kids don't learn in schools. Like you don't, you won't ever learn that in university. You won't ever really learn that in high school or anything like that. You, you, you learn that from real world. Um, you can learn it from reading some books, but even then that's just kind of going to try to prepare you for what you're going to experience but the experience is what you really matters. And it's that experience that really helps you, you know, build that, um, you know, that unshakable character to an extent. And that's what you see at these sneaker shows with these kids. Like these kids are so annoying um, because they like, they just don't take, they don't care about taking no. They don't care if you say no to them, which is awesome. Like, you know, I've been in sales for 10 years and no, this two-letter word just crushes people. I don't understand it. And like, but for these kids, like these kids are are these tough little kids. They wanna, they're there to trade up. They're there to to maybe get a little bit of a hustle on. Like, you know, I, I got 60 bucks and I got these shoes. If I can sell these shoes or if I can move these shoes, I can get a different pair of shoes that I want. And uh it's a cool environment. Like uh, you know, it it, it can be I mean, some of these sneaker shows we've been to have been pretty long, but like the the sneaker freaks, man, those guys are, I mean, they're, um, you know, I met, I'm, those guys are good dudes. Like they got a lot of different entrepreneurial stuff going on and I, I got a lot of respect for those guys and they got a lot of mutual respect for me. And, uh, you know, that, that's a cool community. That's a cool community in the sense that it's, it's, you know, I think people will see the importance of entrepreneurship and, and especially in this economy, like Kids now, I think most kids now, they, they want to get a job with the government or a large court, mainly just just so they can get a pension. And it's like, man, like that's just not like the, the sooner we 
we start preparing people to not just look for jobs, the better it's going to be like, you know, you can't always rely on somebody else to take care of you. And, and especially like now, like my, my dad just retired and he's, and he actually has a pension, but you know, that, that he's probably one of the last generations that that's going to happen. And, you know, and unfortunately like we're not prepared for, for, uh, you know, just, just for that financial aspect, you know, the, they have like Roth IRAs and 401ks, but I don't, you know, those, those packages were designed to supplement a, a pension. Those were designed to go along with the pension. So, you know, they're just the, the economy is changing. We have to look at things in a different way. And I, and I think, you know, it starts with kids. Like it starts with preparing kids for that future, for the, the way the world's going to change. I mean, you know, we're going to be in an economy where a 3d printer, is going to be, you know, you can do everybody It's going to be in every home. Most jobs are going to be automated by machines. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a different economy, you know, like things like Airbnb and, uh, and Uber and opportunities like that. I think more opportunities like that are going to come around. And, uh, so I, I think, you know, just, 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 we just have to look at, look at the world through a different lens. So, man, I just went on a huge tangent there, Izzy. Dude, do not, you know, not to apologize on my show. I, lo- I <laughs> well, love I your rants, dude. I didn't dude. apologize. I was just pointing out the obvious. Well, that's a <laughs> that's a, another way of apologizing. Uh, yeah. Dude, no, you, I, I love your rants. Uh, but I, I look I look to you as somebody, because I, I was never interested in that, man. Nobody I knew was ever worried about that kind of stuff, because most of most of the people that I knew like nobody that they had ever known had a had a pension uh nobody that they had they didn't have pensions they they might have had jobs here and there but i think um seeing people like people that lived in the suburbs around me who worked in gm and they had the pension and they worked in these different factories and they retired and they were taken care of i think that a lot of companies figured out along the way man we are losing so much money uh, by doing that and that a, a lot of people and and they sought cheap labor and that the middle class the the working class has to figure out a way to adjust to that and find a way to be entrepreneurs um yeah. on, on a side story last night i was after i went to omega music i was walking back to the car and i hadn't had anything to eat and uh so I was wondering where I was going to have to stop and get something to eat. And I p- walked past this food truck called Umami. And um, it was some sort of Asian style of food. And I, I walked up to it and I looked at the menu and I really liked what they had. And I talked to the guy uh, after I ordered my food. And I was asking him about the food truck. And he said that he worked in the cor- corporate world and that uh, for the past year he's been doing this food truck and uh, he traveled to Asia to do some R&D and came back and opened it up. And now he's looking to open up a second one. And when he told me that, and I know the dude's working hard, man. I gave him a $2 tip and I could tell he was appreciative of it. And I could see, like, this is his dream. This is what he wants to do. He wants to wake yeah. up and cook for people. And, at, like, so on some level, I like I'm, I really feel that. I really feel... And I've talked about this on uh, the uh, recent mediocre show, uh, Behind the Grind. I talked to Eric tomorrow about this, that uh, where he thought it would be funny if I did a podcast on on um, a food truck, like, 
And my friend from uh, the Bad Parenting Podcast suggested I do a segment called Cooking with Izzy because I've been doing all my Sunday food prep. Like after I get off the nice. off the podcast here with you, I will go spend three or four hours prepping for the, for the week. week week of food. So yeah, man, that's an empowering thing to do when you cook food for yourself. It's a weird thing. Yeah, and it's nice by the end of the week when you see you haven't thrown any of it away. At, because yeah, you, and you also so- you save money by prepping all your food exactly. and getting it all done. I've been. I've been doing that too, but keep on with your story. I, I just drew it up. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was talking to the guy, and that's been on my mind is fi- finding a way for people to live their passions. Somebody that started out with us, um, that, it, that invited all of us to come on his network was Ray Taylor. He invited yeah. people to come on the Inspired Disorder Collective to submit their podcast and that we would all be this collective. And early on, I was the third podcast to join after Mish the Dish, Mish, Mish the Dish and uh, Mick Guzman, the postal poet, that uh, I joined. And then short, I think shortly after you you uh, started your podcast, or right away you were on the IDC. And I had the help of you. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, 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 I pulled in Cassius Morris into that. And to that yeah. no- network, I pulled in uh, you. There was a few other people. I think uh, maybe the Pursuit podcast, when it was on there, maybe I suggested to him. I think you got Mitch on there too, right? Yeah, or- Mitch, yeah, possibly. But anyway, um, early on, man, we saw, like, I saw in you something that was unlike anybody I'd ever met. And it was this, this business this sense, this sense. Like we put together a party before Joe Rogan's show at the Ringside Cafe, and with the help of you, like collaborating with you, I could see like you had a sense for for doing stuff like that. And so it's nice to collaborate with people who you know like have a passion for what they're doing, and that for me, I'm looking now to either inspire or even motivate myself that maybe once my kids are out of the house and I don't have to worry yeah. about them anymore, that I can open up a food truck, that now I can start saving towards that point and then, yeah, man. you know, see see what happens with that, you know, save up a point where I have a goal. And it's listening to your podcast where you really talk about that and you have people on that talk about that. Um, expand on that a little bit about some of the people that you've had on recently on your podcast and kind of the philosophy now of where your podcast is and um, yeah, where you want to take it. Yeah. So it's interesting. Um, so I pr- appreciate that a lot. Um, you know, that, that I, that you like my podcast for that. Um, so, you know, one thing is uh, when I was out of school, I guess kind of just kind of give a backstory um, you know, I, I'd done everything right in school. The only thing I, I didn't, um, really want to, the only thing I didn't really study in college was business and engineering. And those are probably the two things I'm most interested in now. And, uh, you know, I realized quickly from internships, um, that corporate America sucked <laughs> and it wasn't for me and that I'd been lied to. Um, and it, and it kind of pissed me off. And then, you know, I started, I got into network marketing, um, when I was like 22 
and and it was just pretty much you know i learned a bunch about business from that like a lot of people dog uh network marketing um you know i haven't said the nicest things about it because it is hard and most people aren't going to succeed at it but you know you do get a really good business education especially you know if you read read books and really focus on personal development and in so something that i learned something that i learned from network marketing was to read books because i never really did before and uh and i didn't i didn't really work that hard on myself either like i i kind of did but not not to the extent that i do now and um so for the podcast you know it's interesting the way it evolved because you know i was originally doing it with wes and then, um, we, you know, I, I didn't know what I want, really wanted to do with the podcast. I just knew I wanted to have a podcast. It was just like, you know, something tells you that you should do it and you're not really sure what the rest of the answers are and or why you're going to do it. But it's just kind of like, you know, I'll figure it out along the way. Um, so I so it, it started you know, when, when Wes and I kind of stopped, when we stopped doing the podcast together and, and I just kind of just took it over because, um, you know, I was, I was doing most of it anyways. He was really busy with his work schedule and then just some other stuff popped up. So, I, I mean, it's just pretty much me that's been doing it. Um, uh, you know, I, so I, I started taking it in that direction, you know, originally it started with, uh, kind of like I started going more towards like a freedom base, like more about freedom. And then I realized you know, the biggest freedom that nobody has is financial freedom. And that was something that I always knew. And, and actually my friend Jake DeSillis, who I've had on a couple of times, really kind of influenced me to go take it in that direction. Um, the, and we kind of, we focus on different things, um, but I, I love Jake's podcast too. So if anybody hasn't checked out The Voluntary Life, check it out. Jake's an entrepreneur who sold his business and you know, he just lives kind of off that money that he sold his business on. He's how he has it invested and uh, he does some other stuff too. Now he's an author and, and some other stuff. And Jake's podcast is really good. He, he's had on a lot of people and his whole podcast is about how to find freedom in an unfree world. And, uh, but for me, it was like, you know, I, I wanted to give, I wanted to give people tools. Like I wanted to, to, to have some inspiration, you know, like we, we all listen to JRE and I, I felt like JRE was really inspiring for a lot of us, but, you know, and, and, you know, Rogan would, would, with something that he implied on was, you know, be the star in your own movie. And so like, I kind of like got, you know, get healthy, being the star of your own movie, which, uh, which he got from a book. I forget who the author was. Um, but you know, I, I was just like, you know, Jake's is, you know, live free in an unfree world. You know, I, I should just be, you know, be the star in my own movie. Like, I think, you know, find people that are trying to live their dreams, find people that are working towards a goal, like have a goal and they're working something. I mean, this guy, Earl Nightingale, he's got this really good, um, this really good audio thing you can find on YouTube, but it's the greatest secret in the world. And it predates the secret and it, it's, uh, it's actually a lot more helpful than that movie, the secret. Um, and you know, something he talked about in it is, uh, you know, just, just, just success is the progression of a worthy ideal. So it's, you know, just finding people that are working towards something or finding people that are trying to carve, carve out chunk in this world. And I think, you know, so for me, whenever I talk about owning a business or anything like that, you know, you can't, it doesn't matter how good you think your job is, or even if you don't have a good job, you can't pass your job down to a kid 
it to your kids. And most of the time you don't even want to, like most people don't want to pass their jobs down to their kids. So like for me with a business, you know, having a business is something that you can own and you can have a stake in and you can pass it down to your family. And, and I think that's, uh, I think that's, that's kind of like the idea of, of why I'm so passionate about it. Like I don't like, you know, and I'm still, I'm still in the rat race. I have different projects going on, but I'm not out of the rat race yet either. Um, but you know, it's, it's something I'm working towards and I, and that's why I just had, uh, Rosie Tran on who's a death squad comic, but I heard her, um, talking to Jake DeSillis and that's, that's why I had her on the podcast and she went into great detail about, you know, steps that she's taking to get out of the rat race. Cause I think, you know, people need to, to think about things differently. Like, you know, your job doesn't care. Like, just to be honest, like your job doesn't care about you, you know? Every job is what have you done for me lately? And that's just how it is. Like you're, you're a company asset. Like that's what an employee is. And if you don't, if you don't come to terms with that. And if you think that the job owns you something that's, you know, you're going to be, you're going to be in, you're going to be in trouble. And I just don't, and I don't want people to, to kind of go through that. Like I want people to know, like, this is, this is the world we live in and it's okay. Like just adjust to it. Like, you, you know, you're going to get mad about it, but the reality of the situation is, is you can't, you're not going to change it. So if you want to take change, you want to make change, you have to do it on your own accord. So open a business, grow food or do something like that. Like do be disruptive. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line. Be, be peacefully disruptive. The key, like if, if you're disruptive, if what you're doing is disruptive, it doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. Like podcasting is disruptive. It's disruptive to, to normal media. It's disruptive to radio. It's a different avenue for people to express themselves. It's a different tool for somebody to build themselves up with, just like what we have with Twitter, going to shows, meeting people, having our podcast, talking about what we're doing with our lives, talking about how we're enjoying our lives. And that's inspirational to people. It's not, people don't take that for granted. Like I didn't take it for granted when I was hated my life working at Verizon. You know what I mean? You didn't take it for granted when you were in a freezer, probably hating life. And then, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, you, you made a conscious decision that I want to live my life differently. I want to enjoy my life. This is my life. And I think it's even just as simple as that. So I think for me, um, you know, I, I think that's, that's kind of like where, where the evolution of the podcast has been. And, and honestly, man, I use my podcast as a networking tool. Like I just, like I started reading books and I was like, I'm going to contact these authors. There's a contact page. Now it gives them a reason to talk to me. Like if I'm just like, Hey, do you want to have a conversation on a phone call to some random author? They're going to say no. But if I say, Hey, I have a podcast. We can come on, talk about your book and we can, I can help you promote it. Um, you know, just would love to have you on to, to just talk about what you do. People are like, yeah, that's great. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, it's the same thing though. Essentially, I'm having a conversation with him like I would on a cell phone, but this time more people, other people can hear it. Right. So that's and, what's helpful and, about it. And when you record a conversation, there's something about, there's something about the, when you pay attention, you pay attention more than if you're just sitting in a room full of people, just having a conversation at a table or having a conversation where it's like brief five minutes. It's yeah. like, this is kind of designed for you to sit down and have a long form conversation that a lot of people no longer really have. And it, it a lot, like if you have interest, like you said, man, con and you contact the people, uh, a lot of people are willing to 
come on and promote their stuff. I went to the show last night and I was talking to a, f- a couple of the former guests I had on, uh, Chad Wells, who is a tattooist in um, Vandalia, Ohio, and he's also in a band called The Cricket Bows, who I did a podcast for recently for the Gym City Podcast. And they're actually playing at Sideshow 10. They're very psychedelic. They're playing on Saturday night at like 11. But I was talking to those guys and found out Jim Florentine, who's a comedian and he's frequently a guest on Opie and Jim, and he's got his uh, The Metal Show. And they talked about that I should message Wiley's because he's coming in on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday and see if he would want to do a podcast. And uh, I thought, hell, why not? I was like, you guys help me as well. And that's how early on um, kind of my podcast gained gained uh, an audience was I, I took the chance with Jason where we would go to these shows and then we would record. We w- I would like call or I would send tweets to Ari and Brendan and, and then Jason and I, we would drive over to Indianapolis and stop and hang out with friends over there and see the show and then do a podcast or do a podcast before the show. Oh, and sometimes Jason and I would record in the car. And then it just it became this thing where you realized like if you have the time and the resources, you could do this and you could make this happen for yourself by going and recording. Now I don't know how much easier it is now than it was then because those a lot of those guys were really just uh taken off. And yeah. now, like you said, they're selling out a lot of these shows. Like yeah, you, I mean, timing is definitely a big deal. Yeah. Keep going. But but them wanting to get Jim Florentine on, I didn't say, no, That we couldn't do that. I, I thought, hell yeah, we, we could definitely try and do that. And I asked them even, would you guys like to be in on it? Because they're music fans, they're appreciative of it, and they've already been on a podcast, so they know how it goes, and they enjoyed the process. And they're guys who are great storytellers. So like, I think... I think bringing in stuff like that where you, the, you leave the possibilities open to do something creative, but what what you're talking about and what you're kind of guiding people is a whole next level, dude. It's a whole next level because it shakes people out of that mindset that a lot of people have and a lot of people have been bought to just go get a job just because you have a job, because you need to pay bills, you need to make money, so just go get a job. And you're the you're the type of person who I've heard talk about on your podcast that like you you don't really believe in the college system or you, like you have a negative aspect. Can you can you kind of expand on that? Like your your Absolutely. idea of college and yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think you know people just blindly sending people to college is an awful decision. Like the the cost reward benefit of college isn't what it should be. Like, it's not what it's made out to be. Like, you know, I was made when I went to college, when I was in high school, if you weren't going to college, you were a loser. And I didn't and I don't want to be a loser. Like, it it was just one of those things. Like, I think college definitely has its place. If you want to be a doctor, if you want to be a lawyer, if you're going for biology or anything like that, um, definitely has its place. You know, if, if, if your job wants you to go to college or whatever you you want to do whatever career path, like be an accountant or anything like that, uh, definitely go to college. Like, I think, you know, that's, that's good. And 
but make sure you're going to the, the best college for that if you're going to, because if you're going to spend money, you might as well spend the money on this education you want. Like don't half-ass it because the bottom line is, is, you know, now when you, when you go to college and you get a four-year degree, you have a mortgage payment for a piece of paper that chances are isn't even going to help you out. Um, and, and, you know, it's sad to say, but you know, it's just, um, right now college degrees are just, they're just completely inflated. Everybody has them. So it doesn't matter. Like I, I have a, I work, I don't have a degree. Like I have a ton of college. I have a ton of college. Like I don't want people to think that I don't like, I've never went to college. I went to college for a very long time and I did well in college. Like I, I, you know, all the professors liked me, you know, I, I got great grades. I was a part of my school. Like I was founding father of different of a fraternity and I was a big part of other organizations. And I mean, like I, I made the most out of my college experience and, um, you know, and it didn't really help me. Like it didn't, I, I'm not, I'm not at working in a field that I studied. Um, and, and I, so, I mean, bottom line is, is that I think, you know, people should go out, you know, before we just blindly send kids to college just to get a degree, because they're like, you know, if you don't go now, you won't ever go back. And it's just like, it's just stupid. Like, don't, don't project, you know, the, your own missed opportunities on people. Like just because like, and I think, you know, that's just something parents do. They, they live through their kids and it's a, and it's not a bad thing. I think it's good to be involved, but you know, don't, don't want help your kid figure out what they want to do for themselves. Don't tell them what they should be doing or don't set some expectation for them that they don't, that might not necessarily fit with your kid. And again, I don't have kids, so take that with a grain of salt, but, um, I just am a human being and I've experienced that and I've seen that. And, uh, so I, I think, I think if we taught kids, if we had, um, you know, if you went out and you had your kid, like, Hey, like let's, let's, let's do some things for, for kids that would help them out with like an entrepreneurship thing, or like if they like art, help them, help them become good at art. And then if you want to send them to, to put them in the right room with people to help that, that career path take off then do that. But I, I think, I think the, the idea that just going to college and getting a degree is going to teach you skills that prepare you for the, the real world. I, it's just, it's just a fallacy. It's not the truth. It doesn't teach you networking skills. It doesn't teach you you know, salesmanship. It doesn't teach you a lot of skills that, um, people need. Um, my friend Charles Hugh Smith, who I have on once a month, wrote this really good book that says, uh, it's, it's called, uh, build a, it's called get a job, build a real, a real career, defy a bewildering economy. And he talks about just these like eight core skills that you should have that you're not taught in school. And, uh, I don't remember them off the top of my head. So, uh, but check out Charles's book, um, or even check out his blog of two minds. It's a really good blog, but, um, you know, I just don't think that, uh, I think in reality people need to develop skills. Like we need to focus a lot more on skills, like whatever it is, whatever, whatever fine skill that you have, I think cultivate it. And then, you know, if you want to get a job too, you can do that, but always have a skill that you can rely on. Like whenever people say, you know, I just want to have a degree to fall back on. I think that's a myth. I mean, unless you're like an accountant, unless you're a lawyer, unless you like have an actual trade, there's a, a degree you can't really fall back on it. Or a nurse, like nursing, obviously you need to go to nursing school to a certain extent, but really, I mean, that's, that's just a certificate as well. You don't necessarily need a degree. You don't actually even need a degree to, to become a lawyer. 
Um, you just have to pass a bar exam and you could actually, uh, be like an understudy of an attorney for five years and you can, you can take, you can apply for the bar. So, or you could take the bar. So I, you know, I, I just don't think that, I think that, you know, college is, a, I think it's a, it's a business that people don't want to admit is a business. I mean, they don't, most universities don't pay taxes. I think it's a corrupt business. They, they overcharge things. Um, the, the college, the college degree, I mean, the college, the college loan bubble is going to burst, <coughs> excuse me. And, uh, I think people aren't really prepared for it. I, I don't think people really realize that, you know, college degrees shouldn't cost that much money. Um, there's there, you can, with the internet and YouTube university, you can teach yourself pretty much how to do anything. Um, I just rented this house. Like I just moved into this new house. There's some work that needs to be done in the basement. It's my friend's house, but I kind of want to learn how to do some stuff. So I, I started teaching myself through YouTube videos on how to do repairs, podcasting. I taught myself so much about how to edit and do some other stuff from some 12 year olds videos on, uh, YouTube teaching me how to use GarageBand. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like you, with YouTube, you can teach yourself how to do anything. We have the internet now, so that model needs to change. Like that model of, of only the elites can get this education is gone. Like everybody can build themselves up from their bootstraps. Now there is kind of like a, um, a catch 22 with that is that now there's a lot of crap out there because people just are are trying to put their self out there, but they're not actually like, you know, and it's not necessarily crap. They're all kind of on their journeys, but I mean, you know, you still, I think if you still put the effort into something and you make sure it has like, I mean, there's so many podcasts out there, right? Like let's take podcasts for an example. So everybody had a podcast. I think when we started, everybody was starting a podcast. So what, what made ours different? Like what made ours different? What made us continue to do this? And one thing that helped me out was my friend Izzy Rock said sound quality is everything. Like if you're, you could have great content, but if you sound like crap, I'm going to turn it off. I listen to podcasts all day at work. And I was like, that's a, that's an excellent point. So right off the bat, I had pretty good sound quality. Like it was pretty good. Now I think my sound quality is better because like I'm always trying to make my sound quality better because I know it's that important. Um, so I, th I think it's, you know, it's always trying to hone in a skill. Like you should always be looking to improve or sharpen the saw. So, um, I think I answered your question. You know, you, you did dude. Now I want to, um, I want to just tell this story real quick of Amy, my wife, Amy, she has been, she had been joking around every so often, uh, about my son. Um, wouldn't it be nice if he was in the medical field? Wouldn't like she would bring it up and, and just point it out every so often because let's be honest, that's a safe field to go work in. Like pretty much you're, you're guaranteed a job. If you go get, well, we'll talk about that. Okay. But you like with certain, with certain, um, skills, when you go to medical school or when you get a job in the medical field, you can pretty much, the idea is you can get a job pretty much anywhere. And she, her, she would say this and my, my father-in-law would say this. Um, and I, I think, uh, recently he came home with a, with a piece of paper that had a list of all the stuff based on some sort of testing that they did for him of stuff that he, he would have done 
well in or he he would seem interested in based on the questions that they ask. I don't know the questions that they ask him, but finance was number one. And then um, some sort of tech technical uh, information or some sort of computer thing. And then at the bottom was medical. And uh, he, he said, see, mom, I told you I wouldn't be interested in it. And um, it just pointed out to us like finances. I would never think my son would be into finances, but something about this test came across like maybe that's something he, he would be into. And I don't know if I would want him in that field, to be honest with you, because I see a lot of corruption in that, in that field. But, there's a lot of corruption in everything. Everything, field. everything. But I mean, there's a lot of corrupt doctors. Like, how many doctors do you like are, that are telling you you need a surgery? Like, is, do you really need to get this surgery, or are they just trying to pay for their yacht? Yeah. It, so, but anyways, keep going, man. No. Um, yeah. Uh, by the way, dude, my uh, my doctor gave me three months off for my um, for like up to three months off for my knee. I think nice. it depends on if he has to go in there and it, it's something worse than it is to, that he doesn't have to fill so out another piece of paper. Are they just paper. doing like uh, Arthur, Arthur, Scott, Arthur Scott? Are they just going to scope your knee because it's Arthur Scott? Yeah, they're gonna, uh, he's going to go in there and he puts three holes. Uh, yeah. One hole is to blow, blow it with water. The other hole is to uh, put some sort of camera. And the other hole is the instrument. And then he's going to go in there and cut the, the piece that's cut because it's cut vertically, he's going to go in there and cut it to where it's it, it's not catching, you know, because that's what's happening is that it was catching. Uh, yeah. And that's what the so clicking might, he pain might is. He just shave it off. Yeah. So that's, uh, I think that's arthroscopic surgery. So what he's just he's just going to go in there. He's going to clean it up. Yes, clean, clean up it up. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so I, but I wanted to hear about, like, what, what do you mean about, like you, you interrupted and yeah, so okay. no, no field is a safe field. Right, right. Like you can't, you can never have that mindset because honestly, like the the health industry is, or the 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 sick care industry is incredibly inflated. Like that's another bubble that's going to burst. I mean, there's so many hospitals. I mean, there's more hospitals than what we need. I mean, the just the perpetual. Uh, I mean, there, it's just, a, it's a hustle. I mean, Obamacare is part of the hustle. Like everybody thought, I mean, it, like, look, like I'm an anarchist, right? Like I don't like government. I'm not for government, but I would have been way happier if the government just said, okay, there's no more private insurance. Well, there is private insurance, but we're taking over a huge portion of the insurance and it's going to be government run healthcare. I would have probably been happier with that than, than Obamacare, which is just kind of like, uh, forcing, like, forcing people to buy insurance with the existing, you know, eight companies, eight insurance companies, or however many there are, there's probably more than that, but big insurance companies. I mean, so really they're just driving more customers and then they, they fine you or they, they, they take your tax return money away. If, if you don't, uh, if you don't sign up with one of these insurance plans, it's some straight up bullshit. Like it's, it's, it's awful, but, um, there's a, I mean, there's a huge, I mean, in that industry like i mean the reason a big reason why you know cannabis has been illegal for so long um is because you know the drug companies don't want it legal like the drug company drugs don't make you better they just alleviate symptoms they don't they don't make you they don't they're not going to heal you 
your body's going to heal you. Like eating good food is going to heal you. Like getting the proper nutrients in your body's going to heal you. All it is is a sick care system. Like unless you need actual medical intervention, like what Izzy was just talking about with his knee, like there's, you've torn something in there. It's, it's bothering it. You could have a medical intervention that could actually really heal it. I mean, there, there might be some things you could do to make it better, but there's also, you know, I mean, you've gone a really long time without having the surgery. I mean, like this is an injury from what, when you were in your twenties? Uh, possibly, possibly, but it got, uh, no, maybe it wasn't in my twenties. Maybe it was in my early thirties. I think it was, uh, it's probably been a decade that this, this has been going on, but it recently, like it happened when I started working out where it blew up like it had never blown up. But yeah, I think it's an, an old injury. Yeah. And so I, I think, you know, to an extent, like, I'm not saying that, like, we shouldn't have hospitals, or we shouldn't have doctors, because that's not what I'm saying at all. But with that industry, it's definitely, like, it's definitely a ballooning industry, like, because it's, you know, the, the fees and, and like, the, just the, the crazy things that are charged by, for medical bills are just outrageous. I mean, it's just, it's just clearly inflated. It's because they know they can charge it so much because people have insurance, the insurance is paying for it. I mean, that's a system that's, that's gonna, that's gonna, that's gonna pop. I mean, it's, it's a bubble that's going to burst. I mean, everything is, everything is so overpriced right now and eventually it's going to catch up with them. So, you know, I, I, I guess like, so it's, you know, it might not happen within the next 10 years, but for your son, who's a teenager, um, you know, when he's like my age, he's probably going to see it happen. So I, I think that's why I'm like, no field is safe because like we, the economy is changing quickly. Like the economy, the internet and technology has sped up the way because it's, it's, it's disruptive. I mean, that's, that's, it's disruptive at its very core. So status quo business as usual, it, when that is constantly being disrupted, it changes the market. It's always going to change the market. I mean, it's just like the music industry. Like, you know, the internet changed the music industry. It's changing the movie industry. Netflix, things like Netflix are changing the cable industry and how we how we consume content. I mean, all you have, if somebody has a great idea that can, that can bring you something that, but in a better way that's already existing that people enjoy, that's going to shift things quickly. So, and I don't even know, but I mean, if let's say, somebody changed the way healthcare is or, I mean, especially with the internet now, I mean, Google's trying to have this Google health thing and, and they're going to have doctors on staff or, or something, something crazy like that. I mean, you know, to a certain extent like that, that industry is changing. Now, again, there's always going to be jobs in every industry, but if everybody's trying to get a job in that industry, it's going to be a lot harder to get a job there. But so that, that was kind of my point of what I was saying. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah, dude. Uh, no, no, most definitely. And I think as a society, we we really need to look to try to change things. I know you talked about that you were an anarchist, and I'd love for you to expand on that here in a second. Yeah. Um, but as as I've been doing some podcasts, uh, talking to different people, I did a podcast yesterday with a, a gentleman, uh, Kevin Wagner, that's actually going to be out next week. He he is a person that's in in the corporate world, and he's opened up his own martial arts studio um, awesome. called Gym City Martial Arts. That he is a couple years away from being able to do that as his job. And even though he has a job that he loves, this is his this is his passion. And I think that um, it 
as an example of something I've seen in my life that certain certain core things that if we taught young people from an early age, if we taught them certain things, um, because I know it's important to shove so much information into them, but I think practical stuff, like if we taught yoga, we taught martial arts, we taught finances, we taught healthy eating, healthy living, we taught time management, and we taught music. Uh, As somebody who has lived on this planet for this many years i've seen benefits from people who it who were taught these things or who were shown these things instead of like shoving it down their throat where where i'm just so sick of this if you show them in a in sort of a creative way or if you show them as a as a life discipline some of these practices uh will make your life easier like there's there's he this Kevin was telling me about these martial arts instructors who are like 80 85 90 years old that are they get around they they're they're not decrepit they're not uh you know at home laying around in their bed because they they abuse their body these are guys who had a discipline and they through that discipline they gained um um control over their body to where now they're they're able to be healthy and now we as a society if we taught these things we wouldn't have credit card debt we wouldn't have people who uh who didn't have healthy choices as food where instead of having it in the society where we like and i i think anybody should be able to eat anything that they want and I'm not saying indo- indoctrinate people in this way, but I think if we guide a society to focus uh, on bettering themselves through through different ways, whether it's um, the um, um, uh, uh, what's what's the tanks that Rogan's always talking about? I can't believe that slips in my mind. Isolation tanks, the, uh, like use isolation tanks. Use where you can think through things mentally, and you it can you can strengthen yourself. Not only with your mental strength, but with your, with your body. I think as a society, if we moved in that direction, especially martial arts, dude, and I know you're a big UFC fan yeah. and you see a lot of people who they had a certain mentality about the UFC, but like I see when you kind of guide young people to be more active and healthy and they have different choices that I think if we taught something yeah. like yoga, taught something like martial arts, our, it, our kids would be healthier. Absolutely. And again, that would it would directly affect the health industry or the uh, medical industry. Because if people are taking care of themselves, I mean, most most reasons why people are in the hospital now are because of like their own bad life decisions. Like, yeah. In reality, like just they don't eat well, they're yeah. eating junk and everything. But yeah, man, I 100 percent agree. I think. Um, but, you know, like what you're saying, though, is what it starts with is it starts with the individual. It starts with with people like you who have kids and you're trying to teach them to become self self-sufficient trying to teach them to, you know, you know, Hey, you know what you should do? You should, you know, sit for an hour and just generate ideas about where you want to be in your life or what you want to do with your life. And then think about how you're going to get there. What is it going to take for you to, to get from point A to point B? Um, you know, I think just teach it, even teaching them that, I mean, you know, if you can't afford an isolation tank, like, Writing down your thoughts is a, is a brilliant way to to improve your life. Yeah, it um, is, dude. 
and, and, you know, yeah, I think physical fitness, I think learning, learning to defend yourself. I think, you know, teaching kids, even, even like when you're preparing your meals, like having your boys come in the kitchen with you and say, Hey, let's, let's make our lunches for the week. And then, you know, it's, it could be a family activity that, you know, let's have this relationship with our food. Um, so I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of things you can do it, but I mean, it, it all to change, you know, if you want to change the society, it all starts with the individual or yeah. it all starts with yourself. <laughs> yeah, dude, absolutely. So I, so like in, in that kind of is hand in hand with me being an anarchist. So, you know, most people think of an anarchist, like I just want to, you know, blow up buildings like Tyler Durden or, you know, whatever from fight club, which, uh, yeah, I mean, like I, I appreciate that chaos. I think that chaos is kind of exciting, but in reality, I mean, it's never going to be that chaotic. Um, I think life is, life is chaos in general. And I actually think people in general are actually pretty good because I think people, you know, people do act differently when they think people are watching them. But, you know, for me, I don't ever think uh, somebody has the right to tell me what I can and can't do. And I, and I just don't think that's all right. Like if I'm not trying to hurt anybody, why is that your business? What I do in my personal time? That's not, it's not your business. It's my business because it's, it's me and I'm in control of my life. Like I have that freedom. Um, you know, and I, and I don't like government in general, like, you know, to be, you know, I mean, just look at it this way. Like if you want, you know, I always talk about starting a business and being a business owner or, or doing something like that. But, um, you know, immediately whenever you start a business, you have a, you know, you have a 40% partner called the government and you have to pay them, you know, crazy amount of money in taxes. Um, I mean, there's ways if you get a good tax guy that you can pay less, um, but you have to have a good tax guy. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a lot of reasons. Like, I don't, I don't think the state ever really benefits anything. I, I think it's incredibly inefficient. Um, you know, I, I just don't think it's, it's, it's just like any big company or any big, big organization. It's incredibly efficient, inefficient, inefficient. Sorry. Um, you know, it, it, people aren't, people are just incompetent. Uh, um, it's never, it's, you know, even like I, this guy, Gordon T long, he's doing this, uh, he has this podcast on YouTube. It's all about like financial repression and some pretty, pretty complex shit about uh, the finance system. But, um, he had this guy on and he said, he's like, he's like a consulting with like these banks and, and everything else. And just like the reason why, like we have so many problems with these banks giving out too many loans and they're, they're too big to fail. And so the government just bails them out. There's cause there's incentives there for them to make bad decisions because the government says, Hey, if you make these bad decisions, I'm going to bail out your business. Like it just encourages, like the government creates incentives that encourage people to not achieve things or to not make good decisions for themselves because they, think that there's this all power in government that's going to take care of me. And it's, it's just not the truth. I mean, like pol- police, for example, I mean, that's an illusion. Like they're not going to, they're not there to protect you. And the reason why I say that is, you know, look, if, if, if I'm looking at my back door now, if somebody came entering my back door and I called 911, it's too late. Like that's the bottom line. Like it's too late. If you if you're, if somebody's trying to hurt you and you're calling 911 and they're right in front of you, it's too late. So you have to take some responsibility. You have to be in charge of, of, of aspects of your life, whether it be, you know, your finance, you know, your healthcare, all other things like that. So why not live healthier? Why not, 
be more, you know, financially responsible? Why not, you know, why not learn how to protect yourself if somebody's trying to hurt you? You know, there's just a lot of things that people, um, people give away these powers that they have or this responsibility to this, this something that they, that is a creation of us that we say is a higher power, which is the government. And it's not a higher power. It's, it's incredibly inefficient power run by inefficient human beings. Like it's not inefficient. I'm using the wrong word, but, uh, incompetent. Yeah. It's an, it's an incompetent power that's run by mostly incompetent human beings that just are just like us that are just trying to pay their bills and they don't really give a shit. They just, they really don't want to They have that. They want to have a nice cushy job that they can retire with and all this other shit. And they don't really care. I mean, it's, it's not, the, the issue is, is that people don't take ownership in the government. The only people that take ownership for the government are big corporations that, that can have these things called lobbyists and lobbyists in everywhere, every other country, it's called corruption, but not here. It's, it's a lobbyist. Like, so it's, it's, you know, the, and, and if that didn't make sense, I, you know, I'll uh, just tweet at me and I'll explain it. But <laughs> bas- basically our, in our country, what lobbyists do in our country is illegal in most countries. Um, but again, I don't think we should have countries. Like, I don't think that it's, it's all silly. It's all make believe it's all fictional. I mean, we, we draw on a map and we say, this is, this is, this is my, this is my country. This is my city. Like, you know, like from the government aspect now, like remove the government aspect and let's say this is my city. I'm going to be a part of this. I'm going to be involved with this. That's a, that's a hundred percent different. I mean, that's a hundred percent different. Like doing what, what you do with, with gem city podcast, getting to know the art community, promoting the art community, bringing attention to the art community. Like, that's great. That's great. I mean, that's like people coming together. We're the gem city. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's cool. The gem city was it Dayton. Was it the city of Dayton, the government that made it the gem city or was it the industry that was there before? Like the businesses that were there before, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, it's no, no one's ever been like, man, like this government, our, this mayor made this, he saved our city. Maybe they do, but it's not, it's usually not the truth. Um, so I, I, you know, I guess that's the whole point. Like you don't need, I don't think we need government. I don't think we do. And I think it's an illusion. I think people can take care of themselves, but unfortunately we've created a world where, you know, we're, we're, we, we, we're not, um, we, we haven't been given the skills to show that we can, we can fulfill these certain things that we think government does for us. Um, you know, for example, in Russia, when communist Russia was giving out bread to their people and the, the communism was going away, one of the fears of losing communism, and look, this could be an anecdote. So oh, if it's, this is an anecdotal thing, I'm sorry, but, but basically I'm pretty sure somebody had said this or wrote about it. So I just want to say hundred percent, I don't have sources on this, but people were afraid of who was going to give them bread when the government stopped making bread. So if that makes sense, wow. when you can, you can bake your own bread, you can go to the grocery store, buy some bread. So if that makes sense, I mean, like we get used to the government fulfilling this task for us. And we're like, well, what's going to happen when, well, well, how are we going to build the roads? It's really simple. I mean, look, if, 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 if people want roads built, they're going to build them themselves. I mean, that's the bottom line. If, if you can't rely on the, on somebody to do something for you, what do you do? You usually figure out another way to get it done. You don't like just say, well, you know, 
I got to go to work, but my car's down, so I guess I'm not going to work today. No, you, you find a ride to work, if that makes sense. I mean, it's not I – th- I think a lot of times people convolute things. And, you know, look, and, and, and like this is – unfortunately, like I don't think this is going to happen in my lifetime, like that government is just going to go away because it's been around for a really long time and um, people are really kind of addicted to it. They are, but dude. I, 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 the, the, my point of saying this is that we don't need it. So I'm going to choose to live my life in a way to remove it as much as possible. Like that's, that's, I mean, that's, that's really what I'm saying. Like if I, you know, in aspects where I have to play ball and I have to go into business with the government, I will like, you know, unfortunately I am, but you know, I, at the same time I'm doing this community garden thing and because the government isn't a real estate agent, but now they own this these abandoned properties i can be a caretaker of a property and all i'm paying is 10 bucks and they have all these programs because they want me to take care of it so then they don't have to pay a city worker to go out there and take care of it and then they don't have this this land that just looks like shit that they're responsible for so you know like uh, you know that I, I feel like you know I'm, I'm actually making a difference in my community versus you know voting because voting i don't really think makes any difference in your community um but if you want to, I guess what I'm saying is if you want to make a difference, it's going to come from action. It's not going to come from, you know, debates or any, any silly shit like that. Like, I think debates are silly. Like that doesn't, you don't get anywhere with a debate. Maybe you feel smarter or I'm, I'm right and you're wrong. But in the end, I mean, it, you didn't change anything. All you did was argue with somebody for however long you argue with them. So I, th- I think, you know, I just want people to take action. I mean, that's that's like what I want. I want people to to take action in their lives. Like, look, this is what I'm passionate about. So I'm going to go out and be about it. Like, you know, I like I like shows. I like music shows. So I'm going to go to these music shows. I'm going to get to know these artists and they're going to become my friends. And they're going to introduce me to more shows because I'm cool as shit. My name's Izzy Rock. So I'm going to keep <laughs> doing that stuff. Or I want to be a part of my city because I was talking to Duncan Trussell and I don't want to wear a cat shit necklace and just talk about how shitty the city is and everything else. I'm going to go out there and proactively make a difference and look to make change or not even look to make change, but just look to where this city isn't shitty. And this city actually has other people like me that want to bring cool shit to the city. You know what I'm saying? So I think yeah, it's just, yeah. it's all about perspective. And I think, you know, so for me, the, my lens to, to want to take action came from me hating the government, hating government, you know, institutions that are in place that to that have that that don't care. I mean, the government doesn't care about the middle class. I mean, there's this really good article that um, I posted. If you just Google search how I live better on welfare, it's about how this guy quit his job and him and his wife quit to go live on welfare. And they live better off government subsidies than they did trying trying to hustle to make to make their ends meet with their kids. And, and so, I mean, like the incentives that are out there are designed to help the very poor and the very wealthy, not the middle. So I, I, I think that's, that's kind of where it is. Like I grew up lower middle class. Um, so I, and you know, that I, so I guess like I'm very passionate about that. So I, I don't know. I, hopefully all that stuff made sense, but it was just kind of like, no, just, it, it didn't, it didn't make sense, dude. And I think, I think you're the type of person that, uh, sh- like people should definitely go go listen to, and you've been you've been uh, 
doing some work at Live Free FM, and uh, we'll yeah. we'll kind of close out on that. Let let me know about Live Free FM, and then yeah. uh, and so, then go ahead and promote everything that you have. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm a co-host on Live Free FM. I do it uh, usually twice a month with my friend Nathan Frazier, and uh, that was like one of those things that you know Izzy and I always talk about, like how we're we're fans of shit. And then like, we'll get to know these guys. And then they're like, yeah, you're cool. Come and do my show. Like you with mediocre show. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of like for me with live free FM, because I used to think I was a, a libertarian. And then like the more I, I just saw like the libertarian party was full of shit. And then I was like, man, if you're libertarian, how can you have a party? And I think it's like the principle. So it's like now people are using libertarian ideals to, to just try to, promote their own, uh, political agenda. But, um, that's another topic. But, uh, so I started, I heard, um, Nathan Frazier on red ice radio and, uh, he had talked about, um, at the time he, he had done a lot of stuff. Like he'd get a bunch of court cases thrown out, um, because he couldn't, he would basically challenge the jurisdiction of the judge and basically would ask questions to the point where the judge would admit that they didn't have jurisdiction over, him and then they throw out the case. Um, and he would get like 80% of the cases he would help thrown out. Like it was a regular thing. He just liked to, to punk out, uh, uh, college trained lawyers that, and he never went to college for law or anything like that. He's a pretty smart guy, but he has a radio show. Um, it's on every Sunday. So you can go to livefreefm.com. If you're in Denver area, it's actually on the radio. Um, so you can, you can check it out. It's through, uh, um, it's through Chris Chio's network. Um, it's on UCY TV and, oh man, I'm sorry, Nathan. It's, it's on a different one, but yeah, but if you go to live free FM, it, it has all that information on there. So Nathan, I had on the podcast a couple times. Um, you know, I, I went to the Jackalope freedom festival because he had Alma summer on and I had Alma on after I was just kind of stealing his guests here and there. And, uh, I'd had Nathan on and then I had Nathan on again and then he hit me up, um, randomly on Facebook and was like, Hey, uh, I'm going to change up my radio show and I'm going to have a co-host on a different co-host on every week. Do you want to be a co-host? And I was like, yeah, man, I'd be honored. So, um, now, yeah, we've done a bunch of shows together. Um, so yeah, live free FM is a, it's a great, um, it's a great show, especially if you want to Nathan, um, Nathan's an anarchist as well. Nathan's an anti anti state kind of guy. So if, if you if that stuff resonates with you, I would check it out. Um, actually, Nathan, I'll announce for anybody that is an anarchist as well, and they really like Stefan Molyneux. Stefan Molyneux blocked Nathan on Facebook. So uh, <laughs> that's a funny thing. That guy's kind of I I I've never had beef with Stefan, but I I just know some. I've watched his behaviors, and he's definitely a man, and not the the church leader that people make him out to be. <clears throat> but anyways, uh, so check out Lifree FM. I also have the samplehour.com. That's my website. Nathan's actually helped me build. Um, well, he pretty much built it cause he's got a website business. That's, that's going to be a blast off for podcasters. It's, uh, it's going to be a service that, um, it's pretty much Lipson and Squarespace and all those all rolled into one, but it's specifically designed for podcasters. So I'm like the, beta guy helping them out with that and figuring out, um, you know, what, you know, different coding. So my website's constantly under construction, but 
pretty soon they're getting ready to launch that to the masses and then they'll you'll have a place that can host your podcast um you, there's a lot of different features you know that you'll have your own website so pretty much like we they wanted to design um something for podcasters to kind of get them taken off because we all pretty much just figured it out as we went we all have different theories so there's we're gonna you know it's gonna have like what mic to get and everything else like that so that should be that should be pretty cool so i'm not really a part of it but i kind of am so it's not my business but they're my friends so i'll promote that uh and uh but the sampler.com yeah so the rs new rss feed is out so please subscribe to itunes it has the newer it's the one on itunes it's my newer cover art um of of the um the new logo um so subscribe to that and give some reviews please check out the website um let me know what you think um i need to it's still under construction though but uh so yeah so that's all my stuff um so far i mean follow me on twitter i'm at drew sample follow at the sample hour on twitter and you can friend me on facebook i'm just drew sample um it's the facebook.com slash the drew sample and then also uh like the sample hour on facebook sweet and to go out with uh, what is one thing that people should go check out? What is your inspired reco for the week, Drew? Oh man, um, ah, uh, I don't have. I mean, it all depends. I mean, I think, um, like just for basic stuff, like that I've been talking about. Um, you know, I just read a book called The uh, Millionaire Mind or The Millionaire Next Door, I'm sorry, by Thomas Stanley. That's really good. It's all about frugality, and most millionaires are millionaires because they live beneath their means, not because they're, you know, crazy multimillionaires. So it's just people that have, you know, just gotten their expenses down and gotten with a good tax guy and learned how to invest their money to to save their money. So um, that's a good book, so I would I would check that out. Uh, what else is inspired, Reco? Um... That's pretty much it right now. I've been listening to a lot of old school hip hop. Nice. So, anything so, anything yeah. in particular? Uh Guru. Guru's Guru. the man. Nice. Um from Gangstar. But uh there's this guy, DJ Food Stamp. He used to do these podcasts on undergroundhiphop.com. So you can check his out. They're called if you just do uh Google search U G H H and uh Welfare Radio, they're all good, good mixes of stuff. Um what else? Uh, yeah, inspired reco. I think that's pretty much it. I mean, I don't, I don't really have anything else, man. I'm always, I'm always feeding my brain and my mind. So nice. And since this is coming out this week, guys, I want to tell you Saturday, uh, April twenty eighth, I believe it is. Uh, this upcoming Saturday, Christina Pazitsky is playing Go Bananas. Actually, she's playing there Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And then her and Tom Segura are having a live Your Mom's House podcast on Sunday. I won't be able to go to the Sunday show because I have to work Monday, but I will be at the 10.30 p.m. comedy show yeah. on Saturday. And I and I, uh, I think uh, me and a few others, I'm definitely going to try to make the live podcast Sunday. And I know Mitch Nutter and a bunch of other Death Squad people are going to the live podcast on Sunday. So definitely hit up Death Squad Ohio on Twitter and figure out who's going where. And uh, Izzy and I or hit hit us up on Facebook too, and we'll try to link you up with people for pre-party or just just people to look for to meet. So 
Nice, man. Nice. Well, hey, dude, I'm gonna uh, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and I'll let you go, and then I'll close it out with some uh, some information about things for people to check out, and then we'll all end it on a song. But it's so good That's to good. talk to you, Drew. Yeah, man. All right, for sure, dude. Um, hold on. In fact, let me let me pause it for a second. I'll be back with you guys. So thank you for listening. Please go to theizzyrock.com for more information and follow me on social media at theizzyrock. And please go check out the other podcast I do called On The Block and the Gym City Podcast. Thank you so much, guys. I, I appreciate it. Drew is one of the best dudes. So I want to go out with a cool song here from a band that I really enjoy called The Loveless. Here is Speed Demon by The Loveless. Justin. I'm Jody. From the bad parent. <laughs> this could be a while. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> All right. Hey, I'm Justin. I'm Jody. No, that doesn't work either. <laughs> now I know why nothing ever gets done in Hollywood. <laughs> hey, Jody. Yeah, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Jody. Hi, Justin. Do you like guys with beards? Um, sometimes. Sometimes? What about bald heads? Most of the time. What if there are guys with beards and bald heads with just deep rivers of blue eyes that just say, I love you? I tend to marry them. <laughs> <laughs> now, what if they're just a genuinely good dude, too? Um, I just friend them. Befriend them. Not befriend them. friend them. Not friend them. That sounds like a Facebook thing. What about thing? be friendly with them? Not too friendly. Not too friendly? Oh. Well, the Izzy Rock meets those requirements. He's bearded. He's bald. He's got those deep rivers of bluey, bluey eyes. You mean he's got triple Bs? Yes, triple Bs. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got a couple podcasts that he does. I knew that. Yeah. Tales from the Hard Side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On the Block with his bestest friend ever, Scott Epic. Mm-hmm. And then he also produces the Gem City Podcast, which is a local, like, artsy-fartsy type podcast in the Dayton, Ohio area. So, well, who knew? I know. I, I, basically, what I'm trying to say here is he's a good guy. You should go listen to him. Give him, a, give him a shout out. And if you like his stuff, you know what? Subscribe to him on iTunes. Also, you can leave him a comment. Rate, review, and subscribe, people. We'd appreciate it. And so would he. Yes, yes, he would. Oh, he's a, he's a dad, too. So the Bad Parenting Podcast loves the fact that he's a dad. So that helps out. Dads also, are great. Dads are great. Two cool sons. See, good dude. Reason good kids. We need more people like him. I agree. So yes, yes. Listen, listen to Izzy's shit. It's, it's awesome. Agree again. All right. Well, until next time. Bye. Bye. Red Moth LLC is a local company with a firm belief in community and the cooperative spirit, releasing both music and film in the Dayton, Ohio area, along with other national releases. Red Moth LLC is funded solely by the artists associated with the company, and with the support of local listeners like yourselves. You can find out more about us by going to www.redmothrecords.com. Be sure to check us out on Instagram at redmothllc, and you can find us at Twitter at redmoth underscore records. If you would like to donate to the cause and help support a local company, go to www.gofundme.com slash redmothllc and join the Red Moth Survival Initiative. Hey guys, it's Izzy Rock. You like art? Well, I like art as well. And my friend Ray Taylor, who started the Inspired Disorder Collective, is an artist. And I want you to go to inspireddisorder.com. Go to Ray Taylor's store and check out all the badass art this dude has created. Put it in the code IZZYROCK. This is a sponsor for the podcast. Go support the Tales from the Heartside podcast by supporting Ray Taylor. That's right. By supporting Ray Taylor, you can also support your friend Izzy Rock. So go to inspireddisorder.com and go check out the store. And when you check out, put in the coupon code I-Z-Z-Y-R-O-C-K. Later. I think your dog just farted. <laughs> My dog just farted. Cue inspirational music. Hey, hey. It's time to do it for real. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Hey, guys. 
You can follow me on Twitter at the Izzy Rock, and I do a podcast with my friend Scott. I'm Scott Epic, and you can follow me on Twitter at the Scott Epic. We do a podcast called On the Block. On the Block. Go check it out. iTunes is Stitcher. If this sounds like something that appeals to you, do it. Go give it a listen. A wide range of topics we talk about. It's only an hour a month. Only an hour a month. And it could save your life. It could. And it the could. life of a child. It'll make you feel like you're not alone in the universe. Right? Yeah. On the block. Go check it out. <laughs>